Let us pray for our church, the world, and our community. We thank you, Lord, that you are a loving Father who hears our prayers. As we pray, when I say, Lord, in your mercy, please respond with, hear our prayer. We thank you, gracious God, for the gifts you have given us, for family, friendships, and the church community. We pray for those leading the children's groups, outreach programs, and all the staff and volunteers at All Souls. We pray you provide them with the skills and resources they need to serve our community and to shine for your glory. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord, we pray that you work in the hearts of our country's leaders. For Theresa May, her cabinet, the civil servants and MPs from all political sides, as well as the leaders in Europe as the Brexit negotiations continue. Lord, we pray that they act with courage and integrity. Reveal to them the example set by Jesus of servant leadership. Help them to show generosity and respect so that divisions become solutions and feelings of animosity are replaced by loving actions so the best solutions for all can be found. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord, we also pray for the wider world. We pray for those living in fear and uncertainty. We pray that you bring peaceful peaceful solutions in Venezuela and help those who are suffering from oppression and poverty. We pray for your hope and mercy in their lives. We also pray for our brothers and sisters in Syria and Yemen. May you be the safe fortress for them to shelter. Help them to know peace and hope, Lord. Please bring an end to the conflicts that continue to damage their lives. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord, we pray that this morning you open our ears and hearts so that we might hear your word. Lord, let your message seep into our souls so that we leave here re-energized with your grace. And throughout this week, we can reflect your light in our homes, our workplaces, and our communities. Give us the strength and resilience to live by the example of Jesus and his disciples, and let us not be tempted by the ways of this world. Father, we ask this in your name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Now, Kenny is going to come and uh, bring us our Bible reading. Okay, this morning's Bible reading is Philippians 3, um, and we're starting partway through verse 4, 1 to 14. That's page 1180 in the church Bibles. If anyone else thinks he has reasons to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews. In regard to the law, a Pharisee. As for zeal, persecuting the church. As for legalistic righteousness, faultless. But whatever was to my profit, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them rubbish, that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God and is by faith. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow to attain the resurrection from the dead. 
Not that I have already obtained all this or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which, for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenwards in Christ Jesus. Please do keep that open in front of you, and um, particular reason for keeping it open in front of you, uh, not least, obviously, to check that what I'm saying makes some sense of the text that's there, is also the fact that we've only read part of uh, a larger chunk to put together. I'm just going to tie up my shoelace, by the way, sorry if you're wondering what I'm putting down. Thank you. Um, One of the dangers of working our way through an entire book of the Bible is the danger of giving the impression that we are managing to be um, sort of completists. In other words, that by saying we're doing the whole book of Philippians, we are managing to do the whole book of Philippians, that we're addressing every, every verse, every phrase, every word, and we so are not. There is so much more that could be said about any given verse, about any given part of this letter, and uh, it all has that sense. My dad used to talk to me when I was a child about um, having that my eyes were bigger than my stomach. I don't know whether you've heard that phrase. Um, uh, I would, you know, you, you take too much on your plate that you can't eat. Well, chapter three, and me putting it down as a sermon, is definitely an example of my eyes being rather bigger than my stomach, or at least being bigger than my capacity to communicate something in less than 20 minutes on a Sunday morning. There is a huge amount going on. Uh, in these few verses, in these few sentences that Paul writes, we think, from under house arrest in Rome sometime around AD 61 to a group of Christians in a church that he founded in Philippi some 10 or 11 years before. There is so much more going on here. And uh, not least the fact that there is a context for these words that Kenny read for us that has to do with people that perhaps we would feel very unfamiliar with a group of people that we're not entirely sure whether the Philippians had yet met. Probably they had, but perhaps not in quite the, the, the full-on aggressive way that may, perhaps the church in Galatia had met. Uh, but a group of people that's put in stark relief a choice that the Philippian Christians have to make and a choice that you have to make, a choice that I have to make. And the choice has to do with a recurring theme through the letter of the, to the Philippians. And it's there in the very first verse of chapter 3. It sets us out uh, this command. Finally, my brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord. We've talked, we've described this letter as being a letter of joy from prison. And the problem is, on any given day, on any given week, in any given month or year of our lives... If somebody were say to say to us, to say to me, to say to you, are you feeling joyful today? You, you might thump them. It depends how you were feeling at the time. It depends how they looked when they said it to you. Try it after church. Uh, see, see what happens. We feel like, well, on the one hand, if somebody says to you, are you feeling joyful today? There's a little bit of me as a Christian that thinks I ought to be. I I ought to be, I feel a bit ashamed, a bit guilty, a bit embarrassed, I don't feel very joyful today. There's a little bit of me would go, do you not know my life? 
Do you not understand what I'm going through? Do you not understand what I'm doing? Even if actually this bit of my life is okay, on any given day, even the most straightforward of periods of our lives, there's plenty to suck away what we think of as joy. Now, I think actually what comes later in this chapter, what Kenny's read for us, takes us to the very heart of where joy comes from. But we do have to nail down something we've said a couple of times before, but let's just repeat it again. That when Paul talks about joy, when the Bible talks about joy, he isn't, they aren't, simply talking about that feeling of happiness. Happiness is something that is dictated, really, by my circumstances. Happiness has to do with how I'm feeling on a particular day at a particular time. Am I feeling physically well? Uh, are things going straightforwardly in my life? Did I get that promotion I wanted? Is my bank balance high enough and full enough for me not to worry? Are my friendships okay? Is my life going in the direction I want it to be? That is what dictates our happiness. Happiness, you think, I think you could describe as something that comes from the outside in. It has to do with the world we're walking through, the circumstances we're in, and pretty, it's pretty unpredictable. If you said to me, Richard, are you going to feel happy tomorrow? I'd have to say to you, I don't. No, I don't know what's going to happen.